0: to a new episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. I am your host, Ed Birdsall, joined as always by my co-hosts Tim Brady and Brett Mayer. Guys, what's going on?
1: How's it going, everybody? Thank you for coming back. How we doing? How we doing, everybody? Let's get this
2: rolling.
0: And of course, joined as always by our producer, Matt Birdsall. Matt, how are you?
2: Good. I try not to get pissed off when you didn't want to include me in the opening introductions, but I know my place now.
0: I I give you your own time. I I give you your own platform. Oh, I'm honored. So... We got a shorter episode today. We got one quick question on the docket. We got a divisional round wrap-up for you. And then we have a preview of the college football championship for tomorrow between LSU and Clemson. So, uh, gentlemen, let's just jump right into it. Uh, the one quick question that I have for you is a, is a two-parter. Who are the biggest winners and the biggest losers of the weekend? Uh, Tim, you want to start us off?
3: I would love to. Uh, my biggest winner of the weekend, Mike Vrabel. I think this was a big weekend for him. I mean, obviously the whole playoffs have been huge for him, but um, now he definitely elevated himself as a coach. I think he puts himself in a very elite discussion now, being what he's done with his team and how he's made a lot out of not nothing but a lesser team than some of the teams he's taken down. Definitely a big weekend for Mike Rabel. And a loser? A loser? Oh, the biggest loser of them all, Bill O'Brien. That guy's a fool, all right? Let me just tell you, that guy's a fool. We'll talk about that more for the game,
1: but... He's a fool. I wonder, right. I wonder how Texans ownership is feeling knowing that Mike Vrabel was a coordinator under Bill O'Brien and they chose Bill O'Brien over Mike Vrabel. It's,
3: that's definitely rough. I mean, Bill O'Brien is the, uh, not the owner, what is he, the GM, I'm sorry. He's the GM slash head coach right now. GMs do make coaching decisions, right? It's like mm-hmm. How does that work then? I still don't understand that this is like a thing. I, it's happened before. Was it Chip Kelly, right?
0: Probably Chip gonna, Kelly, yes, Chip Kelly was... They're probably going to hire somebody in the offseason, I would think. Nah,
3: yeah, yeah. They've been trying to get a Patriots guy, but it didn't work out. As a GM? Yeah. What's stopping them from just... I, I keep saying it. Why can't he just be the GM? He's done a solid job.
1: Well, just a, lot of, just a lot of work on your plate. You don't want your head coach to be a GM as well. There's more
3: than well, just picking players, you know? Turn it around, though. You don't want your GM to be a head coach. Like, you don't want your guys in charge of all your general management stuff to be also be worried about coaching the team. Why can't Bill O'Brien... Take a step back from that. Become the full-time GM. Oh, I'm not arguing against that. You know, I'm all pro Bill O'Brien, the GM. But I, he's done good stuff. I don't know. No, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, who was your uh, biggest winner? Yeah. Of the
1: so, I also went with the Tennessee Titan as uh, my biggest winner. I chose Marcus Mariota. Why is that? Who, he was the biggest distraction on the Derrick Henry touchdown pass play. <laughs> he was left wide open, but he was still an elite distraction on the play. And it was the—I uh, don't know if it was the game-winning touchdown, but it definitely was the nail in the coffin in the Ravens-Titans game. So shout out to Marcus Mariota, who also had a very awkward dap with Mike Vrabel I was gonna at say, the end of the game. Wasn't the only time he got left open. That yeah, that was that was very awkward. <laughs> that was rough. I'm sorry, Marcus. Uh, my biggest loser, Russell Wilson, for putting the team on his back every single week, and his team just does nothing to help him out. They have absolutely no run game. Obviously, they lost their two running backs. they are three running backs, and they decided to bring in a fossil to lead their running back core, and that clearly was not working out. Pete Carroll and the offensive system, I know Tim will be talking about that a little later with the scheme. I don't want to get into it too much, but they, um, they they do not do a good job supporting Russell
0: Wilson.
3: Definitely not. That's my biggest
0: loser. They haven't done a good job supporting Russell Wilson all year long, and that was one of the biggest things coming into this game was that if they were going to win, they would need a standout performance, and they probably weren't going to get that going into Lambeau and taking on the Packers. Because it just had the writing on the wall that Devontae Adams could have a huge game, and he did. 868 for 160 and two touchdowns. He's my big winner of the weekend because he proved me right, so thank you, Devontae Adams. Um, and my biggest loser of the weekend is Adam Rank from NFL Network. Oh, I like that one. Um, he predicted before the season even started that the San Francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans would both be 3 and 13. I wanted to say so that. expert in quotation marks.
3: Hey, he's a fantasy expert, not a uh, regular football expert.
0: The, well clearly. The
3: 49ers one I think that one's the more ridiculous one, but at the same time a lot of people were very low on the 49ers coming into the season. Like they didn't expect this at the 49ers yeah, at but, all.
0: But 3 and 3 and 13. But at the same time
3: if you're doing preseason predictions some of the things on there made sense. Like that was that was that included two losses to the Jaguars, who, presumed with Nick Foles, were gonna be better. No, I, I see. I and think I, have, mean, I mean I that's th- just one situation. But I looked at that Titans like the preseason predictions, and they were ridiculous. And we gotta say we gotta
1: realize it was with Marcus Mariota at quarterback.
3: Yeah, it's also with Marcus Mariota. Marcus expecting Mariota expecting him to start a whole season. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Adam Rank still looks like an idiot right now. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. Like, like that's definition of freezing cold takes exposed. But if anything, I think he was somewhat within the realm of like possibilities when he said that they could go three and thirteen.
0: Even if Marcus Mariota was at quarterback, he knew the game plan coming in was going to be to run with Derrick Henry, and he's played for his cash.
3: Was the plan to run your way to the AFC championship? Though, I mean. I don't think
0: they, they had that much faith in that. They've done they've done it successfully, and I mean even if even if Mariota was the quarterback, they probably would have been a five six win team. And if even if they had Mariota, because they were playing in a terrible terrible division in the AFC South, so you figure they probably would have gotten one win off of the Colts and one win off of the Jaguars. So that's two, and then you fill in the rest of their schedule. You probably could have found three three or four more wins in there. So they probably would have been a 5-6 win team if they had stuck with Mariota, but good on uh, good on Mike Vrabel for making a decision that should have been made a long time ago to uh, take Marcus Mariota out and ensure that he will never throw a pass in the NFL ever again. Uh, Matt, do you have any uh, winners and uh, losers? Um. Yeah, I got one winner.
2: I'm going to go with uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs offensive tackle Eric Fisher or probably one of the greatest celebrations I have seen on a football field with the Stokehold stunner.
0: Did you see the video? I actually I didn't catch did. that. It it wasn't a stunner. It wasn't a stunner. Mm. It was this. It was the stone cold beer bash. He just grabbed two beers from the stands, smashed them together, and poured them behind. Did he them. really? Yeah. When was that? This, this was, was after the uh, the Damian Williams. Yeah, touchdown. one of
1: the Damian Williams touchdowns. What quarter was that though? It was in the third. The it, was third. it was a little later in was It was
0: it was the it was the touchdown that Damian Williams <laughs> got the personal foul on because he decided to just plant the football near. Uh, I, I think I believe it was DJ Reader. I came back right and, as that happened and just decided to say here, "fuck you," which was very 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 stupid. But
1: no, that was that was a good that was a good celebration though.
0: Respect do you have, the Sally. Do you have a loser? <sighs>
2: Um, i am not come prepared for the loser. I hope you guys aren't too disappointed of my uh, lack of effort.
0: Respect. Fair enough.
4: <laughs> Respect. Fair
0: enough. Uh, our uh, our guest uh, contributor sitting here in the studio, uh, Jared Fadgion, do you have any uh, winners and losers for the uh, for the weekend?
4: Um, winner, I would go Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he came into the season unknown what the situation was going to be, and they're getting them deep, and I think they're going to give him a, a good contract to reward him. He's playing very good. I'm gonna go loser. I'm gonna say the Chiefs fireworks. I mean, it was a high-scoring game. They ran out of fireworks. That's unfortunate. Yeah. What was what was the quote from the uh, the board? Do you want me to get up the quote real quick? See if I can find it.
3: Yeah, we can cut this a little
0: part. Well, here's we could we have some filler here. Uh, how much does everyone actually expect Ryan Tannehill to get paid from the Tennessee Titans?
3: I'm not. I'm not in that boat. I don't think he's gonna get paid that much at all.
0: He's going to. He's a fra- he's a franchise guy. I he's expect probably, guy. I'm
1: gonna go around twenty five to twenty eight
0: million. That's what I'm thinking. I, I was thinking that if, that twenty eight million dollar mark. If, I think that that's probably what they're gonna pay him.
1: All right, I got the quote. Chiefs fans, we are sorry to report, but due to your support and the Chiefs continually finding the end zone, we have run out of touchdown
3: fireworks. That's amazing. That's
2: such a fuck you to Texas. Yeah, also. That's a <laughs> good, 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 good Texas.
3: but back on Ryan Tannehill, I mean, I get he's turned that team around, but is he really a guy that's worth twenty five million when he's winning these playoff games with less than hundred fifty passing yards and seven completions, eight completions? I mean. I could see them paying him that fine, but I don't think he deserves that. No,
0: but Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't worth $125 million either when he signed the massive extension that he got with San Francisco when he had started five games in his career.
3: I mean, yeah, no, that is true. It's the premium for a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo got so much love because of his undefeated record. I really feel like that's, that just put him on top for them. Well, and
1: his good looks and. I was going to say, and he's very handsome. Coming from the Patriots. Porn star Jimmy. <sighs> He's still dating
0: that girl? No, right? They've, oh, well. yeah, they've been done for no. a while. No, Jimmy probably heard from uh, from God during Sunday sermon that that was an inappropriate thing to do. <laughs> I, I believe he's a big church guy. Um, and Jared, I know this is a very sensitive subject with you, so I'll uh, I'll make sure to give you the space here to uh, to address this. But God was also a big winner this weekend.
4: Massive winner. We checked um, who was a. Great believer in God. The Titans are well versed in God.
0: Yeah, we had we had a lot of a lot of God believers on the Titans. Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, Henry, Corey Moscow. Davis, the best receiver in the National Football League. Great guy. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Did we have any more? Um,
1: New Smith, a God lover. Did we look that one
0: up? No, I don't think we looked that one up. We looked up Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan, big God guy.
3: God was definitely on Johnny Smith's side
0: when he made that catch. <laughs> I mean, maybe he is a believer. Maybe really maybe he is a believer seen. in the Lord. The Ravens were not big God guys. And look what happened! Look what happened! All you gotta do is put God in the first paragraph of your bio, and yeah. you're gonna be and you're gonna be good. And then also, while we were in the middle of our investigations, looking up who was a big God believer or or not, we also had uh, Chase Young, big believer in God. Mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb, big believer in God. Jake Fromm, big believer in God. Jerry, Judy, massive believer in the Lord. Oh, good. So good to hear. Good for the brand. We have, we have some religion being spread around in the NFL, and it's, it's it's nice to see.
2: A little Jonu Smith update on his beliefs. The first mm-hmm. sentence in his Instagram bio, God is the greatest.
0: There we go. So Jonu Smith is a believer. That explains why the Titans won. Right.
2: Jonu Smith did not make that catch. The Lord made that yeah, catch.
0: There were a lot of so Titans
4: light- in the prayer circle at the end of the game in midfield.
0: It was beautiful to see.
4: So heard it here first. Titans win the Super Bowl. Thank you, God.
0: I'm, I'm all for it. I'm hopping out of that bandwagon. Hopping on the bandwagon. Derek Henry by a million. Uh, okay. So let's start talking about the divisional round. We'll start with the first game of the weekend. Uh, the 49ers, 27. The Vikings, 10. Uh, very underwhelming game offensively for really both quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins... 21 of 29 for 172 yards, one touchdown and interception. Jimmy Garoppolo, worse than that, 11 for 19 with 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception. A lot of their offensive production came through their ground game. Star Tevin Coleman, 22 carries, 105 yards. Two touchdowns for him uh, because, of course, everyone thought it was going to be Raheem Mostert, but it wasn't. Raheem Mostert reportedly was hurt, but it's it, it's it's a revolving door in the, the 49ers backfield because of course uh Dalvin cook nine carries for only 18 yards uh look I, I just don't think that Dalvin cook was right at all I mean regardless of the matchup going up against the 49ers in San Francisco that vaunted defensive line I, I still don't think that Dalvin cook was uh was a hundred percent but uh, I just want to hear, uh, just going around the table here, uh, what the big takeaways from this game were. Uh, any volunteers?
3: I'll go first. Go ahead, Tim. Uh, I mean, I talked about last week that the big thing for the 49ers, obviously their offense and the running game definitely got it done for them. But we talked about that uh, defensive line, that pass attack, I mean the pass rush. And every single guy we mentioned last week, d Ford, Arik Armstead, DeForest Buckner, um, like it on the last guy. Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa, obviously. Um, they all recorded sacks. I think Nick Bosa had two himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, D. Ford got it done, too. D. Ford was actually in that game making making plays. Uh, I definitely think that helped him out a lot. And also the fact that Kirk Cousins did go 20 for 29, but it's just another game where well, what is Kirk Cousins? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the Vikings offense got more than 10 first downs all game. I don't think they did. Um, I was actually looked at it before. I, they didn't. I mean Dalvin Cook I, he really just fell flat in this game too. I mean can we blame his offensive line or is is it I think I'm going to give more love to the
1: 49ers defense specifically yeah. their linebackers. Okay. I think they have a fast group of linebackers with Quan Alexander, Warner, and Greenlaw back there. They they're just they're a track team back yeah. there. They know what they can go uh, sideline to sideline, which I think that's the biggest reason why the Vikings did absolutely nothing all day where the 49ers uh, defense just stopped Alvin Cook from the jump, and that caused the whole Vikings offense to shut down. If they can't run the ball, they're not going to be able to do anything off the play action. They can't get their receivers involved. I think that's what happened today.
0: I mean, the biggest point that I had from this game was, I mean, we could talk about Kirk Cousins, but I think we kind of know what Kirk Cousins is at this point. He's just like—he's just a guy. He's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be the one to carry the Minnesota Vikings on his shoulders by any stretch. But, I, I mean, I do want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo because only 131 yards in this game. I know that he didn't really have much to do, but he's going to have to be much better than that if they're going to beat the Packers next week because you know Aaron Rodgers is going to come in there and Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, who had a great game tonight. I mean, it, it, Jimmy is going to have to be much better, and I feel like I've had this same conversation at least 10 times with Jimmy Garoppolo. It just He doesn't stand out for me as a guy, the guy. He just, I mean, if I had to put him in the same bracket as someone in terms of how good of he is a quarterback. I think it would be Kirk Cousins for me, honestly. I, he's I right think there I, with him. Yeah, I think he's like a Kirk Cousins, better Jared Goff level kind of quarterback. He's hes a guy. I, I, I just, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I just don't see anything that says wow for me with Garoppolo, and I've been saying that since he went to San Francisco and even in his days in New England.
3: It doesn't ever feel like the the game is in his hands with no. Garoppolo. It never feels like he's a guy controlling the game and making things happen. It almost feels like he follows the flow of the game. He's more of a guy who rides off the success of his team. Yeah, But I can't see him turning something around in the way that uh, an elite quarterback would be expected to do.
0: He has moments where he does make big throws. I'll give him that. Namely, the big throw that he had to George Kittle in New Orleans during that game, which they won. But, I mean, overall, I just don't. Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't. He is not a guy that really wows me, and I just don't see anything about him that is even close to being elite. And he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be. There are very few quarterbacks in this league that you can say he can get away with not being very good great elite. Garoppolo is one of them where he can get away with being good average borderline mediocre and still have success. I think and,
2: mediocre is kind of a stretch for Jimmy J. Well,
0: border, I said borderline. I, I said borderline. But he he got the win in this game through a touchdown to Kendrick Bourne and he got the job done, but it's going to be a even bigger test next week against against the Packers and he's going to have to do more than just 131 passing yards, I think, for him to get the San Francisco team to go to Miami for the Super Bowl. I, I, I just think that that's has to be what happens. Yeah. Um, as for the Vikings, um, we talked about Kirk Cousins. We talked a little bit about Dalvin Cook. There were There was reports that came out that said that the Vikings want to reach an agreement with Dalvin Cook on a new contract. The Vikings, if that's the way they want to go, and that's how they want to really ride this offseason, knowing they have Dalvin Cook locked up, my question is, Would you, if you're the Vikings, would you be comfortable paying Dalvin Cook despite all the injuries that he has had? I, 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 Honestly, this is just me. I understand how good Dalvin Cook is. I understand that he's the focal point of this offense. I know that they rely on him. I still am not comfortable with giving Dalvin Cook a massive long-term contract with Kirk Cousins on the books, Adam Thielen on the books. It's it's a lot of money to stack up in three guys before you even start going to the defensive side of the yeah. ball where they have a ton of money just spread out along that defense. I just don't know if Dalvin Cook is is even worthy of being the guy to completely reset... The Vikings running back market just just because Gurley got a shit ton of money, Zeke got a shit ton of money. Look what happened with them. So are the Vikings really going to be the ones to give Dalvin Cook more money than maybe Ezekiel Elliott got? I, I I don't know. I mean I don't think any running backs worth that money anymore. No, and it's it's clear that they aren't.
3: And if if there is any, it's those those next level game changer type guys. And I will say at his best. Fully healthy, Dalvin Cook is one of those guys. But when you add in the injury aspect of it, I really that just brings you right back to the argument with why I pay him all that money when you can get someone of a similar style and a similar build and they'll do something similar in that position. Like they won't, he won't, no one will be Dalvin Cook level. But maybe they'll find the next guy who's gonna come up through their system and why I pay all that money to one guy, especially a running back? It just it's not how it works anymore. They can't do that. Yeah, I agree.
1: They're definitely in a tough situation here. And I I agree with what Ed was saying before. With they have so many players that they've already given a lot of money to, and they're gonna have more players to pay. It's like where are the Vikings getting all this money?
0: It's a it's a really really good question. They're already
1: paying their two wide receivers. I don't know if Daniel Hunt or Danielle Hunter has gotten his big contract yet, but he'll he's certainly worth the big contract. Everson Griffin's still in a big deal. They re-signed Anthony Barr. They have Eric Kendricks. Xavier Rhodes still is a big contract. Harrison Smith, like I'm
0: naming all these guys off the top of my head. There's probably yeah. more out there. Yeah. And I also I'm looking at the running back market too for the offseason. Guys that are uh, free agents. Austin Eckler, restricted free agent. Kenyon Drake, the end of the season that he had with the Cardinals, he's an unrestricted free agent. He's gonna hit the market. Derek Henry, he's gonna hit the market. Carlos Hyde, he's going to hit the market. Melvin Gordon, he's going to hit the market. So, one of those guys is really going to set the market for the rest of these running backs and it's it really it really is this running back market can just go in any way. It could either be that these running backs continue to get paid an absolute shit ton of money, top dollar, and this running back market goes out of control or the market resets negatively. And which it definitely should, because I just don't see any team that's going to fork up $50 million plus for for a running back. I, I mean, I, I, I just don't, in, in the Vikings especially, given all the guys they have under contract. Um, anything that we want to add about this game before we go and talk about the, uh, the shock of the weekend?
3: Uh, no, I think we promise
1: said it all. Yeah, what? I think it was a pretty It's probably the slowest game of the weekend— 49ers kind of dominated
0: the whole time. Yeah. Okay, so let's go and talk about the shock of the weekend. And Jared, I definitely want your uh your input on this one. The Tennessee Titans, 28 to 12. Ryan Tannehill, 7 of 14, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 31 of Fifty-nine. Fifty-nine? Fifty-nine. Fifty-nine attempts. For 365 yards, a touchdown and two picks. Derrick Henry, 30 carries, 195 yards, including a passing touchdown to the best wide receiver in the NFL, Corey Davis. Lamar Jackson, 143 yards rushing on 20 carries. I mean. This game is weird. This was a weird game. It was just flat out weird. This was a weird ass game. Um, I guess the one thing that I just want to start with is talking about what what the hell went wrong with the Baltimore Ravens. Mark Ingram, I think. Hmm. I mean, that wasn't a thought in my head.
3: I mean, the, that was... that A lot of their offensive scheme this year had to do with a lot of run plays involving Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, creating confusion and stuff like that. I think losing Mark Ingram or Mark Ingram not being fully healthy. Yeah, I just don't buy that. I mean, that
2: he was healthy at all. Yeah,
3: I mean... No, I don't buy it either. I think he had about 20 rushing yards yesterday. It was nothing nothing crazy. It, it was around 20 to 25 rushing 22. yards. 22. For 22. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a huge loss for them. That's... That's what they did. They were the highest rushing team in the NFL ever. Like
0: losing your top running back going into a playoff game, it's definitely going to set you back a lot. No, I mean it, it's it's a fair point to make, but I also want to point out that Lamar Jackson turned the ball over, had two picks in this game, had a QBR of thirty one point six, a passer rating of sixty three point two. He just Lamar Jackson went into this game. He was not making the throws that he was making all year long. He looked, he, honestly, he looked like the guy that was there last season.
1: I agree. He, yeah. he
0: looked like the amateur passer that was there last year and could not throw a football to save his life. And then, not to mention, when they're down 14-6, 14-0, whatever it was, he's going up and, and he's chirping. He's letting the defenders get in his head. Like, my guy, you're the quarterback of this team. You're in a playoff game. Let them talk all they want. Let your play do the talking. Don't chirt back. Don't get in defenders' faces. Because guess what? That's how you're going to get hurt. It was just so stupid. and And everything with the Ravens in this game. Too many penalties. A lot of just stupid decisions that Lamar Jackson made. The defense was nowhere near as good as it's been this year. They got trampled on all game long thanks to Derrick Henry the 30 carries for 195 yards uh, that he had and then two catches in this game for 7 yards also for Derrick Henry second and third of his career <laughs> it's it was wonderful to see i mean the ravens the ravens disappointed a lot of people on so many levels but still i don't think the ravens lost this game i think the titans just flat out won it i do
3: want to defend lamar jackson a little bit I mean, when was the last time he was asked to throw the ball 59 times in a
0: game? that no, just, just comes down to negative game script.
3: But, I mean, I feel like I, I mean, a lot of that, I would say, had to do with Mark Ingram being less of a factor. I mean, you had less of a running threat. The passing plays and stuff develops out of confusion, guys being wide open because of schemes and stuff like that. And I think when you're limited in terms of who your options are, and you start having Lamar Jackson throw the ball 59 times, I mean... It's that was bound to happen. Lamar Jackson isn't an immaculate passer. No. he is what he is. He just doesn't. He they did a very good job of only making him throw when he needed to this season. And yesterday it was he needed to throw every damn play.
0: And it was interesting too that when we talked about this game, we said the one thing that the Titans would have to do if they were going to beat the the Ravens in this game. Was they were going to have to control the clock and do a really good job at it? The the Titans in this game did not have a drive over five minutes. No, the Titans
3: actually. I think they had ten minutes less possession, right? Yeah, uh, I think the Ravens. It was had like thirty-five to run. twenty-five yeah. minutes. I think the,
0: the longest drive. That surprised me a lot. The longest drive that the Titans had in this game was four minutes and thirty-nine seconds. It says a lot about their defense. Their defense which came the third? Which came in the third quarter? Defense came to play. Yeah, the defense absolutely came to play. Two picks on Lamar Jackson. I mean, yeah, that's, no, it's huge. And, I mean, I, I'm just looking at this Tennessee Titans team, and, and we'll get to this later in the week when we do our uh, preview for the championship games, but, I mean, I just want to get a quick gauge off of everybody before I turn this over to Jared, and I want to hear his overall thoughts uh, about his Tennessee Titans. Um, do the Titans realistically... I know we all want to say yes, they do. Of course, they do. But realistically, do the Titans have a chance to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead on Sunday? To beat the Chiefs, hmm. I think they do. I, I think they do too.
1: Especially with the type of team that they are, it's this is the worst nightmare for the Chiefs, I'd say. Yeah, no, that is. I mean, that's true. That's that, how do you? How hmm. did every team stop Pat Mahomes this year? Controlling the clock. Controlling the clock, controlling but they didn't the do ball. that last game. I just, I they didn't. didn't want... Well, the key to the Titans is exactly what they did this game. Get yeah. up early, get up early by fourteen. Control the game, like when you're up. When you're up two scores, you control the game. You have like it, it's your game to lose, and that, that's just the perfect situation for them. They literally get to run the ball with Derrick Henry as many times as they want to, or you can do the surprise the, the uh, surprise play action what they did to Khalif Raymond to get their second touchdown, and. Now your defense can do whatever they want to do, and you're most likely going to end up passing the ball. Now that's the difference between the Chiefs and the Ravens, though. If they are at 14-0, the Chiefs obviously, as we saw today, have the explosiveness and the offensive
0: firepower to catch up. Oh, yeah. What also helps, too, is the 4-5 and five Titans did beat the 6-3 and three Chiefs in Week 10 in Nashville. That also helps. That was
1: the next thing I was going to bring up. Mike Vrabel, second time playing Andy Reid. Yep. He's a good coach.
3: I think we all agree he's a solid coach. No, he's
0: a very good coach. Uh,
3: I just had a stat I want to uh, put out there real quick. Uh, Derek Henry in this game, higher QBR than Ryan Tannehill. I think Derek Henry is the first person since
1: Vince Young at the 2006 Rose Bowl to rush for over 150 yards and throw a touchdown pass in the same game. Unofficial stat. I just want to put
0: that out there. Count it up. Vince Young Rose Bowl reference. Four out of six. We're getting there. 100%. <clears throat> I think that's 80%. No. I think it's, yeah, it's 66%. 60? Four for six? Yeah, oh, yeah I'm two-thirds. Jared, I, I want to be- hear your, uh, your thoughts.
4: I believe the Titans have just been showing, they've been reaffirming that any given Sunday, you don't know what's going to happen. The Titans have had good play, fundamentals, with good defense, a solid run game, and they get risky with it. They'll play action on a deep ball. And uh, they'll have a Derrick Henry-type pass in the red zone. They're not afraid. They know they're the underdogs, but they're playing good football. And I think they could beat the Chiefs. I really do. They
1: play vintage football. That's this, what is, play. this is the perfect kind of team that's a six seed. Yeah, no, definitely. Yep. This they, is the team that can make a they're, run. They're like the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. They, they're underdogs. They believe they're underdogs, and that's their mentality going into every game. Nobody thinks that we can win, but we're going to come out here and smash you in the mouth. And that's, that's what they do. We, that's what they've done for the past three weeks now.
0: Uh, moving on, can well, we I want to. I want to talk oh, about one Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: So I didn't get to get. I didn't get to put my little uh, two cents in in this game. Go but ahead. I think, not too many people have talked about this, but the Ravens kind of lack wide receivers and playmakers.
3: Well, they have all the tight ends in the world who can. do They do. do crazy but is stuff Nick Boyle tight- a, is a playmaker? No. 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 no.
1: Besides Marquise Hollywood
3: Brown, who's Who's Lamar throwing the ball to? Every every person I can think of is... I can think of Mark Andrews. I can think of Hayden Hurst. Making these crazy... Tight end. I tight give them Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed's done some stuff, but it's just a bunch like, of It's a bunch like of other mean. guys
1: that have played for past
3: teams and yeah. they find themselves on, on yeah, another no. team.
1: This, this is like their third or fourth team. Yeah. I think that's something that goes unnoticed where if they have to come back, obviously they haven't had to do that all year. And it shows that... As they just don't have the wide receiving core built to come back in a game like this. They need a Steve Smith in there. That's what
3: they need. Like bring it, him back. Bring him back. He'd be he'd be so happy to play. I feel like Steve Smith would be one of those guys who'd come back at any age if someone asked him.
0: He probably would. But probably he's making. Right now. He's making a good amount good amount of money for, an uh, for NFL now. Network.
3: Yeah, never mind. Steve, stay uh, stay healthy. Stay behind the mic. Also, the Ravens failed on two fourth down conversions.
1: Oh, the their first time. One. Their first time all year where they didn't convert on a fourth and one. And
3: they did.
0: It and twice. they did it twice. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the Sunday games now. Let's talk about the game of the weekend for sure. The uh, Texans and the Chiefs. The Chiefs win this game, fifty-one to thirty-one. Deshaun Watson, thirty-one and fifty-two, three hundred and eighty-eight passing yards and two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, twenty-three for thirty-five and five touchdowns setting a playoff record for most touchdowns in a quarter through four touchdowns in the second quarter. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 10 catches for 134 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, it just got to a point where you're just saying, my God, when when are the Texans just going to learn? I mean, throw three guys on Travis Kelsey if you have to. Take him out of the game. Because really, I mean, the whole talk going in was, how are the Texans going to stop the speed of Tyreek Hill? It wasn't Tyreek Hill in this game; it was Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was the go-to guy for Patrick Mahomes all game long. I mean, Tyreek Hill, three for forty-one, not great. But not the, great. Probably banged up after that uh, that huge hit that he uh, that he took. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's the game you got to play when you with the Chiefs. It's either I think they were talking about it a lot on the broadcast with Tony Romo how. You can play zone, but Tyreek Hill is going to burn you over the top. Yep. So the best thing to do is play man. But when you play man, you're going to have a mismatch on Travis Kelsey. Yep. You, you got to pick your poison. Which one do you want to do? You want to play zone or you want to play man? Either Tyree Kill's beating you in the zone or Travis Kelsey beating you in the man. World and they decided
3: over the top too. They, I think he had to play doing the same thing. He just they just they're too fast. They burn his own defense. Sammy
0: Watkins. Was it Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins it was.
3: And the Texans decided to take their chances on the man coverage.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, Which, that's what teams have been doing all year, and it's worked a little bit. But, again, the Texans don't really have a guy that's going to be able. Not too many people have a guy that's going to be able to cover Travis Kelsey for four
3: quarters. I mean, the biggest thing in this game that I saw was the Chiefs' ability to change the momentum of a game. I mean, you come out you come out down 24, and the, the biggest moment in that game to me was when they kicked that field goal, the Texans. The last time they scored before the Chiefs scored 41 unanswered when uh, it was about four minutes left in the second quarter, and you're already up 21. Go for go for a touchdown. Yeah. Try and convert this fourth down right here and go for a touchdown. Be up 28. Instead, they go for a field goal, and I felt like from that point on, the Texans died. I mean... The combination I, of that and the Mikko Harbin kick return. The Mikko right Harbin after. kick return. I Look, this game <laughs> did, in a way, fall into the Chiefs' lap with just the way that things happened. I, there were a lot... I'll admit that. I mean, the way that the ball just fumbled right into... Um, Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson's hands. I mean, there was the, the breakaway kick return. A lot of stuff that needed to happen happened, but the Chiefs were absolutely the kings of momentum in this game. I mean, going 51-7 to after being down 24 nothing, amazing switch up. And I game. think this is the biggest difference between Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes.
1: When you go down yes. by two scores or more, who do you want with the ball? you want Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. He's capable of throwing any any ball on the field. And
3: we did talk about how the Ravens don't have anyone to make that, that catch. And the Chiefs are littered the with weapons. Chiefs have only people who can make that <laughs> catch. I mean, that's what it feels like sometimes. Nah, yeah. uh, speaking of Chiefs receivers, I just wanted to point out something. The, uh, the wide receiver passing, running back passing, has become very popular in the league right now. And I do love it. I love the idea of these trick plays and the schemes and some of that. But time and time again, I see these wide receivers and running backs have no options down the field, and their first thought is to just run out of bounds or fall down and take a sack about five yards back. If these coaches are running these plays enough to get them into the game script, I mean, you could definitely get these things into their heads. Like, hey, if you're about to take a sack, just throw the ball away. Teach them how to throw the ball away. I know it's only five yards, but this happens often enough these days that I feel like it should definitely become a learning point for these receivers who are making these plays. I think every game had a wide receiver or running back throw a pass this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I, that has to be one of the first times that, that happened in, yeah. in playoff history. Every game this weekend, I would, I, I'm would going to say it's a fact. I'm, right now, that is a fact that every game had
0: a wide receiver running back throw a pass. I think the one point that uh, nobody mentioned yet is the fake punt. I think that was really the moment in this game that just completely flipped the tide. Do you think, to, they, do you think they should have called
1: that? Yeah, I think I think it? it was the
0: okay. right call because well, they, yeah. they have to try and, you know, they convert that. The Chiefs are... They're probably all but dead.
3: But if you want to pull out a fake special teams play, why not do it that that field goal before that? Like that was that that was yeah, the fake punt foul. They were, that, they think, were very right? contradictory in this game. It
4: where an Bill, Bill
1: O'Brien was saying how they didn't want to punt it to the Chiefs ever. They were saying that. I mean, Tracy Wilson was saying that at like halftime. But then you come out here on a fourth and inches and you don't you don't go for it. Yeah. When you have a great playmaker and Deshaun Watson, it's just it's very contradictory of the
3: Texans. But then the fake punt, they go for it. It's just. It was a weird game. Bill O'Brien, definitely the biggest loser of the yeah, that, that game was an acid trip for the first 30 minutes. <laughs> an acid trip, to say the least.
0: Uh, I also want to point out that um, something happened over the weekend that uh, definitely personally affected someone on this, uh, this panel right now. Um, and this was after a promise that this person may or may not have made before the season actually started. Um, and I definitely want to uh, congratulate this person right now. Uh, Jared... Congratulations that Damian Williams finally stepped up and was the top eight running back in all formats that you had promised us on a previous show that we that I was on uh, last year that you had hyped up talked about. He finally de- delivered for you. So uh, congratulations.
4: He was saving it for the end, one of the biggest moments.
0: So is he, so uh, is he your guy again? Is he re- is Damian Williams back in the good graces?
4: I do not recall saying that about fantasy. You well, said that on a podcast? Yes. He did. <laughs> he did.
0: I have I, yeah. the audio evidence to prove it. I love
4: the hot takes. And who, who is David Williams? Is he a deep... Uh,
3: David Williams is a deep, deep sleeper. sleeper. Jack, yeah. Can you give us a deep sleeper for the fans? All I'm going to say this year, watch out for the Titans. All I'm saying, can you just say
0: deep sleeper? We have a deep sleeper. <laughs> a deep sleeper. Wow. Wait, wait, Jared. Jared, say it one more time. Just Jared. Deep sleeper. Perfect. Uh, producer, make sure we clip that, and we make sure that we have that for the deep sleeper of the week. Every week, and we put that in as a little as a little intro to the segment. So, thank you, Jad. I was you, I was you, trying to get you to do that.
4: I have some good takes for some fantasy upcoming. It ain't was- well, fantasy yet. It's not right? that. It'll well, be fantasy rocks. next podcast? Probably this
0: Hopper, is true. We're hopping right
1: into it. It's January. It's fantasy season. It's, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's always fantasy season except for like March.
3: That's the only time where you I take mean, a break. The fantasy championship is last year. This is true. The championship was
0: last decade this is actually. This is the last decade. So, we are alluding to that on the next podcast. We are going to be doing a all decade fantasy team. So we're going to be putting together one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers. A tight end, a flex, and we're going to be basically picking up picking a team. That would be the team of the decade. So we'll be doing that on the next uh, the next podcast.
3: That's gonna take me about three hours to actually decide. Yeah, I, I can't wait for all of us to have the same exact teams. No, I'm already I'm already going bold. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I wanna go more by season than decade. Okay.
1: Yeah, we have to figure out how we want to do that. Like do we want to go season. by season, or we want to do by the whole decade who just had the best?
0: The whole decade. Think? The whole decade. Okay. If we do it by season, we'll be here all day.
1: Well, no, no, no. no, no. no. We mean, I mean, like, like, do this you want to pick the a player from that season and he's in the all the all decade team
0: from his one season performance? Well, I mean, it's going to come down to you pick the best performance from a QB. You throw him in there. Like, I don't know. For example, fifty touchdown seasons from Peyton from Peyton Manning. Or Patrick Mahomes last year. Sure.
1: Okay, yeah. so we're not basing off of like you did it for five years. That's why he's he's number
0: one. Right, you're doing, doing it. Ba- bas- you're doing oh, it based okay. off yeah. of yeah, all right, gonna gonna be the best, yeah, all right, the all right, best right, statistical yeah, season, like or the best guy that you want to throw in there just for just for one season, not for prolonged success over the decade. Gotcha. Can
3: I get Pat Mahomes for a 13th round pick in this too? You probably can. Really, I can yeah. have keeper value for him. You might be able to. Love that. Keep stroking yourself, Tim. I'm
0: going to. Uh, getting back on track. Let's talk about. The Texans, because, I mean, the Texans looked good for two quarters. They looked okay.
3: They looked all right at the end of the game, too. They weren't, like, when it came
0: towards the end of the game, they actually were decent. I I do want to say that uh, when I was watching that game, I had no idea that Will Fuller had 89 receiving yards. No idea. I know you had that one catch. He had the one catch, yeah, but I, I really don't feel like I saw him. Classic. Will all day Fuller. he had, the the reception was like what thirty eight yards, thirty nine. Speaking of Will something Fuller, something like that reminded me of another stat. Two things: one, this was the
3: first time Will Fuller and uh, Deshaun Watson have ever played together in the playoffs, which is interesting because they've been playing together for how many years now. And also the fact that uh, Bill O'Brien's now zero and four, I believe, in the divisional weekend, which is again adding to my Bill O'Brien point. I mean. Is the division round good enough for you every year? Like, is that what you want to do? You just get there.
0: Hey, can we talk about uh Bill O'Brien's tirade towards the fan after uh, he lost against the uh, Broncos? Uh, I will actually wanna, not be talk, about talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, because
3: I'm not giving the I'm not promoting that. You need company. to come up with a new name for uh T blank blank. TMZ. uh That yeah. Watch nothing, your mouth. There's nothing wrong with TMZ. Fuck TMZ. We need I'm a organization. organization for it. I mean, look, Bill O'Brien. Media organization. Said some bad words. Fine. All right. I don't even see the video. Um, I didn't see it. It's very funny. I think someone said, you suck, and, I, and he turned around and goes, fuck you, you suck. <laughs> Great comeback.
0: Bill O'Brien for yeah, Jr. Big brain move by Bill O'Brien. And, of course, who are the two that are uh, leading him away from the conflict? Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Of all people, it just happened to be right around Bill O'Brien at that, at that moment in time. I think Ooh. we need to start Bill O'Brien for
1: ownership. We I need think- to promote that. For ownership? For yes. Oh, my we're, God. we're already bringing him to GM. We might as well just say Bill O'Brien for owner. For I mean, the, tech, the Bill Texans. Bill O'Brien 2020, Texans owner.
0: The Texans are all four controversial owners, so. You're right. We can uh we yeah, can Yeah, that guy's got to go. So,
1: Bill O'Brien 2020. No, Bill O'Brien's
0: a good coach. He's a good coach. Fuck that guy. He's an okay coach. He's a good coach. Not Very great. Average. Not great, but He's a, a butt But a good coach. Hate the butt What What do the Texans really need to get over the top here because they have everything offensively. Couple Defensively, they were they were good against the Bills. They were mediocre at times this season. They were good at times this season. I mean, how much better can this Texans team really get? They have a bunch of ex-first-round picks in their secondary, J.J. Watt in the defensive line, Whitney Merciless. They just resigned to a, to a contract extension. He's going to be there long term. Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, they're all still there. I mean, what does this team really need to get over the hump and get into that Kansas City and Baltimore tier of being the elite teams in the AFC? Because I, honestly, I I don't know. I, I really don't know. I have a comparison team for the Houston Texans
1: um, from this past decade. They remind me of the San Diego Chargers with Phillip Rivers. Where they will always be solid. They'll have good years that win the division most of the time, but they're not going to be a Super Bowl team. I don't know what they could do at this point where they could raise their level of success because they have they have a talented team. Their coach is okay. Where they're not going to fire him, but he's not an elite coach. I don't see where they could improve to the point where they're going to jump start. They're going to jump up to the top with Kansas City's. And even maybe Baltimore now
0: in New England. I don't. I don't know how they would make that jump. I disagree with you to a point. I think they can be a Super Bowl team. I think they are talented enough. They have the star players where they can be a Super Bowl team. But I agree with you on the point of they're not a Kansas City. They're not a Baltimore. They're. They, I mean, they. I don't even know if you would say that they're better than Tennessee. I think that's probably their comparison. Is the Titans are probably level with the Texans. Very different teams, but I think very, very different e- teams. Equal in skill, though. Like, yeah, I think so. I, hell, hell, I would even say the Titans are probably a more complete team by the Texans. Yeah. That because just because they have the defense. I
3: mean, look at one thing that the Titans have that the Texans don't. That completely changes their game. The offensive line.
0: Yeah. That that, that too.
3: I mean that too. That's definitely a huge, huge priority for the Texans in the future.
0: Without question. We've been talking
3: about this for the last two and a half years. But that's the thing. When is it going to actually be a, a priority? When's I think it? they're finally starting to realize
1: that where they picked up yeah. Laramie Tunsil and they drafted a rookie. Out. Cody Ford. Name, Cody Ford. Cody Ford. Yeah, they, they have to – they're they they're starting to get it together because I think they finally realize, especially with the Andrew Luck news that
3: happened over the off season, they realize, oh, shit, we don't want the same thing to happen to us. Exactly. I mean, the, the Colts were a couple years too late with all that. I mean – Deshaun Watson, I don't, I mean, no one saw Andrew Luck retiring, but I don't think Deshaun Watson would ever retire. But would he move on just for the fact that they don't have a line to protect him? I think that could be something that happens in his future. I mean, why sit around and just watch your future get destroyed by guys pile driving you
0: all game long? So, I mean, just going off of what uh, Brett said about the offensive line uh, for the Texans, uh, Deshaun Watson was sacked five times in this game, he was hit an additional eight times. I mean, that just another a, day at the office. That's about all you need to know. That's yeah. below average. Oh, That's terrible. That's, that's really, really bad. I'm talking about the number of times he got
3: sacked a game. That's less than oh, the average, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah he, I I, he might actually average over five times a game,
1: just the way he goes. Yeah. He could also use a playmaking running back because Carlos Hyde's solid, Duke Johnson's solid, but, you know, that's not good enough.
0: Melvin Gordon.
1: Yeah. Melvin
0: Gordon the Texans.
3: I, I, was, I support it, I could see it I wonder who's going to be the hot sign of running backs this year Because you have a lot of guys Like You have Melvin Gordon, you're going to have Derrick Henry David It, it Cope, will probably be Melvin Gordon But those are, uh, I think Who's going to be the, the best signing though Because Melvin Gordon might get the most, the most money mm-hmm. And the other two guys might get very close To what he gets But I really feel like a Kenyon Drake might be the guy Who's the best signing in the running back market this year Because he'll be cheaper than the rest Because of- he'll just be cheaper, <laughs> exactly I, mean, I could I tell you who mine would be Who's that?
0: David Johnson,
3: but again, I think David Johnson is going to be in that top tier.
0: Top tier money. He's
4: going to. I don't. Th- th- I don't think. think so I don't either. think so because yeah,
0: he's, he's still going to get the money that he's owed from the Cardinals. So you could take. He could take a one-year prove-it deal with somebody, and then he could just jump back into the market after next year and say, "Okay, now it's time. Now it's time to pay me." Yep,
3: I agree. If David Johnson signs a one-year contract for the next season, I will do anything to draft him in fantasy next year. Because I guarantee you, he puts up ridiculous numbers.
0: He's gonna go to Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians.
3: And that would
1: be wonderful. Everybody is expecting that. I and I. How can you not expect that?
0: It would be. It would be amazing. It, it would be absolutely amazing. I mean, future topic. Though. On paper, on paper, it would be, it would be amazing. I don't know but how it would work with the uh, the Bucks offensive line because we all know that the Bucks can't run the ball to save their lives. But maybe it just comes down to that Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones are not David Johnson. But if he signs there, we're going to find out.
4: Does anybody think Le'Veon Bell is going to get traded? No. Um, I think Adam Gates
0: gets fired before Le'Veon Bell gets traded. I think neither one is going to happen. Jamal Adams
3: before Le'Veon Bell. Mm. Hmm. Look at it. He tweeted this weekend. He said, I just want a chance. Like. At a certain point... Jamal Adams is weird to me. He is very weird, don't get me wrong, but he does make his points very clear that he wants to be playing for a competitive team right now, Yeah. and the Jets are not that. Give it two or three years, maybe, but that's not what he's looking
0: to wait for. He is probably, if not one of the... I think I would probably say he is the best safety in the league, if not one of the... He's definitely
1: one of them. I'm not going to give him that label, but no. He's definitely one of the best. and
0: First again, team All this, Pro.
1: He was rumored to maybe get traded to the Cowboys halfway through the year.
0: Please, God. <laughs> please, God. Not for two first round picks, but please, yeah.
1: God. Nah, we'll see what happens with that, though. That's a topic for another day.
0: The Jets. So let's go to the last game of the weekend, the game that just took place. The Seattle Seahawks, 23. The Green Bay Packers, 28. Russell Wilson, 21 of 31, 277 yards including 64 yards rushing. Hell of a running contribution for Russell Wilson. Touchdown for him through the air for Russell Wilson. Aaron Rodgers, 16 of 27, 243 yards passing. Two touchdowns. Two touchdowns for Aaron Jones on the ground. Two touchdowns for Devontae Adams in the air. Um, Tyrell Lockett, nine catches for 136 and a touchdown. Really nice game for him. I mean, the Packers are really good. Russell Wilson is really good. The Seahawks are not, as a team. This game
3: didn't surprise me at all. No. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen. The only surprising thing was a terrible call on the uh, Jimmy Graham first down. That wasn't a first down. And I hope that that serves up a ruckus, because that game could have gone very differently. That wasn't an overtime game. That was if the Seahawks got the ball, they had a chance to end that game. But other than that, I mean, this is exactly what I expected. The Seahawks don't have a running game anymore. Russell Wilson has to do everything until he gets the one-yard line and Pete Carroll um, Pete Carroll makes up for his past actions and brushes the ball with Marshawn Lynch every single time they're in the red zone. Other than that, though, it's all Russell Wilson. One second, guys. Marshawn Lynch just dropped
1: knowledge according to my Bleacher Report notification. He told the media to take care of y'all chicken as he retired today. Take he care? retired again? Yes. That's nice. He said, take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all chicken. Hey, as do you want to decipher that one? Do you want to take a guess of what that means?
2: Hey, I'm
0: going to a Dictionary. I'm going to take, take a guess that he's saying have a very nice life because I'm peacing out. I, I couldn't even tell you what that is.
2: He's got backwoods to roll up. He's got better shit to tell. He about.
0: is a backwood.
2: The, that's the backwood himself.
0: Take care of y'all chicken. What the fuck is that? Hold on. It's very on brand of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you got, to him? Anything? There's a great institution that I know of, and Jared knows of as well. It's called the Writing Center. Marshawn Lynch may need to go there.
3: Um, Yeah, (laughs) apparently chickens are kilograms of cocaine. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. That's fine. That's fine. No, you're giving giving
0: a definition. You're educating. Um, Other than that...
3: That's all we got? That sentence made no sense. Take care of y'all kilograms
1: of cocaine? Is that... Is that what chicken was? The obviously. So he's
0: insinuating like, well, that members of the media are drug doing cocaine and he's advising them to take care of it. How okay. would you
1: how would you recommend taking care of the cocaine?
0: How do you take <laughs> care of it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I have many things that I could <laughs> say, but oh.
1: Uh, my bad. I shouldn't have asked that question. Can I Sorry.
0: say that on this podcast? We're, we're, we already say fuck on this
3: podcast.
1: I think I think we can... We already uh, say TMZ on this podcast. I I that's up, true.
3: I looked up Take Care of Your Chicken and found a very nice uh, wiki how and how to raise a chicken. So in case anyone's looking, looking to raise a chicken anytime soon. Other than that, this sentence actually made no sense.
0: I, I mean, not a lot. Not much of what Marshawn Lynch says does make a lot of sense.
1: Really my apologies, Ed. I just needed to put that in there.
0: No. That was a very... Uh, very interesting conversation. I'm glad we had. I mean, I can now. I now am fully aware about take care of y'all chicken.
4: Fun fact: 13 million Americans own at least one chicken. So that is a lot of people. <laughs> That's a lot of chickens. Are we talking about
0: real chickens? or Are we talking about kilograms uh, of cocaine? Are we talking about
4: you know a little uh, nose candy?
0: What are, we t- what are we talking about? Legitimate. Legitimate chickens in the coop. Okay, oh, so we're talking about we're talking about uh, Purdue chicken here.
4: We are not sponsored by Purdue. So. No oh, free. No, no, no free advertising. advertising. I mean. Absolutely not. Uh, all right, back to the game. Yeah,
0: so I want to talk about the Packers because they looked good. I was impressed. 21-3 to three at half, they looked okay. And then Russell Wilson just took control of the game. But I, I, I think the one thing that we all saw from the Seahawks is that they need, if they could get, for me, if they can get a game-changing receiver that could go with DK and Lockett, you bring Chris Carson back, you have Rashad Penny back, that offensive line is solid. If they could bring in, let's say, an A.J. Green. Or Josh Gordon.
2: Fuck him, no. He's done. No, no, no.
3: The no. return of Josh Gordon it's gonna, no. it's gonna no. to go well eventually. No, no,
2: no. No. <laughs> no.
3: TMZ will be on that one in like a month. No,
2: he's no. on strike. Take care he's on strike forty. He's Nope.
1: He's on that commissioner. I had list. been
0: told I had been told many a times from a certain somebody that listens to this podcast, so I'll shout him out. I'll shout him out right now. He knows who he is. Hop off the Josh Gordon bandwagon. He's only going to disappoint you. Stay away. He's done. He's not coming back. He's the most talented receiver that I have seen probably in my life that has not lived up to, reputa- to his reputation, his I mean, potential.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, terrible. Ab- absolutely terrible.
3: I love some Josh Gordon. Like. He,
0: he, now, when Brett talked about Joe Burrow potentially being a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, Josh Gordon was a Hall of Fame caliber receiver just based on skill and skill alone. But could never. He fucking blew it. He fucking blew it. Yep. It's simple. He right, fucking blew it.
3: Let's not hate on Josh Gordon.
0: He That's took who, care of his. No, chicken. I'm gonna hate. I'm gonna
3: hate
1: on. <laughs> How much? Josh Gordon took care of his
0: chicken. How many chances did he have? And three. And his roosters. And his ducks. The guy had three chances. Three strikes, yeah. you're out. He probably had more
3: than that too. Don't forget, this is all public stuff. Like internally, a lot of these teams probably silent. Oh, him. he
0: was doing shit in New England. That's why they probably cut him. Yeah, the Patriots probably knew shit that was going on the NFL didn't even fucking know about. All choices, though. We are a pro-choice podcast on certain things, but right, three. So back but back three back strikes, your, you're done. Back to your point Ed,
1: about <laughs> the skill, the skills that the skill players that the Seahawks do need. I agree with you. I don't even think it has to be a receiver. I think it just has to be a player on offense. It could be running back, tight ends, even better offensive linemen. That could help because they don't have a great offensive line either. They need to get a little more talent on that offense to please support Russell Wilson because he's just carrying this team year in and year out for the past three years. And it just sucks because he's such a talented quarterback. And I know, Tim,
3: you're probably going to get into the scheme right after I'm done. Oh, well, I mean, the biggest thing with Russell Wilson is he's just completely limited by the game plan. I mean the way that they insist on being a running team constantly and just ignoring the modern-day analytics of the game, there's so many situations where in these short-yard fourth downs and they just try and pound the ball up the middle, or when they're in the red zone and they're running the ball the whole time. It's just certain things with Russell Wilson being left out of the game plan in times where he could be so valuable, and he's still one of the most valuable quarterbacks in the league. It's I mean, it's a shame. It, it really is a shame. Not that the Seahawks have a bad game plan because it does work. You were talking about that before. We were criticizing it, but we had to admit it worked for them. It got them where it did. I just wish he was in an offense that really showcases abilities because I, it just looks so basic. Watching it, like everything looks so telegraphed the way that the you, you can predict a lot of what happens in the Seahawks game. Especially if someone like you was a little more educated in the game. I mean, you could tell what's gonna happen in the next play because it's it's classic football. It's just like,
1: old school. Like I know we talked about that one possession where they ran the ball three times in a row. With Marshawn Lynch. With Marshawn Lynch, the fossil. And it was fourth and one at the 50-yard line, and they punted it away. That's like just, You're just giving the Packers another possession. That is just
3: so many strikes against what analytics would have told you to do and could have easily prevented that situation. Do they have an analytics department? Is there is there, like... Who knows? Because I know that... I think the Redskins were the one that just got one. And the Giants. And the Giants, right. Then uh, The computer folk. The computer folk, that's what it was.
1: Yeah, no. I, come so, on. so as we're sitting on the scheme and the offense that they run here, I think maybe their best decision is to get a new offensive coordinator in there or some new offensive mind. That could be the best thing for the team because it's not like Chris Carson's a bad running back. No. Like you said, DK, Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett are solid receivers. Bill Disley, if he ever stays healthy, he's, a, he's an okay tight end. Russell Wilson's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Maybe they
0: just need a new offensive scheme. It's a possibility. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the uh, the wide receivers that are on the market. It's a pretty healthy uh, wide receiver market. Who are we looking at? A.J. Green. Uh, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald, stuff? if he does leave Arizona. No way. Um, no shot. in Eman- Seattle. Emmanuel Sanders. That could be a great fit with Russell Wilson. Uh, if he doesn't go back to Dallas, Amari Cooper. But I, th- I, 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 I the thing with Amari Cooper, though, is... He's going to get paid a healthy, healthy amount. I think, yeah, I think that's too
1: much for Seattle. That's not Seattle's a Seahawks, not a, yeah, that's yeah. not a Seahawks
0: move. Yeah, any, any team that wants to sign him is probably going to have to fork up, I would think, probably in the nineteen to $20 million range, which... That's a lot of money. That's the market value, though, for these uh, these wide receivers. Here's one that I think is, uh, is pretty interesting. Robbie Anderson. I th-
3: that's a very interesting target in the wide receiver Anderson. market. Because, first of all, what is he going to get paid some team might really juice him up or he might not be he might be looked over. I mean I, I couldn't tell you right now. Well,
0: he's a wide receiver, so you probably you probably think he's going to get a multi-year agreement. I think he could probably get I don't know, if a team were to pay him on a Do you remember what Tyro Williams got? I want to compare him to Tyrell I would Williams. think if a so if a team were to pay him 12 million Twelve million a season, let's I would say over three or four years. Yeah,
3: that's right in the middle of where. So
0: thirty-six thinking. to forty-eight million dollars thereabouts. Do you think that's a solid fit with Seattle, Robbie Anderson? I I think so. I think Robbie Anderson is talented enough. I think be a and he can value. be a big play receiver. That would be a market value contract for him. I think yeah. fifteen
3: million would be like his, his absolute ceiling for what he gets. Fifteen season. million a season. And if he really yeah, and if he really doesn't get that much eyes, I could see him going for that nine or ten a year.
1: So Tyro Williams is my player comp for Robbie Anderson as far as contracts coming up. So Tyro Williams got four years, forty-four million last year from the Raiders. Yeah, that's yeah. about right. Yeah, eleven. That's right yeah. about that. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, Russell- I, I said somewhere in the range of thirty-six to yeah. forty-eight. So yeah, that
1: makes I mean, sense. Russell Wilson's a very good deep ball thrower, and Robbie Anderson is obviously a deep downfield deep ball <laughs> receiver. So that that could be that could be a good move. Ed the general manager, let's yeah, sign him up.
0: This is what this is what uh, this is what I live for, uh, and then let's talk about the tight ends just for a second. the Tight ends they can potentially go after. Um, Hunter Henry is an unrestricted free agent.
3: How many games has he played? Five, six.
0: Yeah, it's he like played. He six. played in twelve games this year. Hunter Henry played twelve games this year. Twelve games.
1: Yeah,
0: like actually played full games. Twelve games. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Twelve games. The Chargers weren't really relevant down the stretch,
1: so you probably forgot. Uh, I think
0: I honestly, forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Eric Ebron. He's an unrestricted free agent as well. Um, Austin Hooper, he's an unrestricted free agent. Nah, he's the, getting resigned. The Falcons are are gonna probably place a franchise tag on him. He's not wasn't, going anywhere. Wasn't
1: Seattle rumored to trade for OJ Howard in the middle of the year this yeah. year? Yeah. Oh my God, really?
0: At the deadline. Yeah, it was them and uh, New England. Interesting. OJ
2: Rat, he could catch a fucking <laughs> baseball better than a football.
0: <laughs> so, so I mean, there there are plenty of tight ends that and. For what it's worth, wide receivers that Seattle can go after. Jacob Hollister, by the way, he is also an unrestricted free agent, so they're going to have an opening at tight end in Seattle. Well,
1: Bill Disley. Bill Disley's got the number one on the on wow. <laughs> He's
0: Dead to me. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa! Wait a minute.
2: Whoa! whoa. He's whoa. Dead to you?
0: Dead to me. Why? That's the
2: most disturbing thing what? I've heard on the podcast. So disrespectful. That's disrespectful.
0: Oh, please. We're going to talk about disrespecting things that we've talked about in this podcast. One, two, three, saying that Frank Gore should be cut by the Buffalo Bills, and one, two, saying that JJ Watt should retire. Hold up, backtrack, backtrack. As the editor of every
2: fucking episode, I did not say a lick about Frank Gore. Okay, I apologize.
0: So,
3: one, two. I mean, JJ Watt should retire. God, I agree. He just
2: should. He looked like
3: Whoa, crap no, no, today. No, no, no overrated he is not. Think about
1: it. ESPN did not do the game today. When did you hear JJ Watt? Did you hear his name all day?
0: No. no. I, I only Chiefs? I only saw no, He's probably he's probably playing very 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 hard.
1: Yeah, Chiefs were, he's always playing hard. During half the, H- tw- is- the Chiefs were down 24 to nothing. They were passing the ball all day.
3: I didn't hear JJ Watt's name once. No. I
2: got a Venmo request from him at halftime though.
3: No, my thing with JJ Watt <laughs> is his his possibilities off the football field just wrap it up. Just get it done. Like you you made your you are who you are now. You will not lose that celebrity status that you have. Get off the football field. Keep your head in one piece and go make some money acting or being like a charity person, I don't know. charity representative.
2: JJ Watt, if you're listening to this podcast, end the career, run for Congress.
3: At, honestly, anything. Get off the football field though. And then Frank Gore is what? 50? So I don't feel bad about that can one. Can we please call him Franklin? I, I've right, heard way too many Franks.
0: So you're going to tell J.J. Watt to walk away from $57 million that he's up?
3: No. I mean, I won't expect him to retire this year, but wrap it up after this contract. Like, get, get out.
0: How many years use he left in this contract? Two? He has... One. Okay, yeah. I apologize. $17.5 so,
3: so finish your contract up if that's what you really want to do. I mean, maybe next year is also the year. If next year is not the year for the uh, the Texans, I don't see any year in the future being the year for them. Like they, I want them to make moves now. And if that involves J.J. Watt making his last season before he retires a nice playoff run, that's something that I
0: could believe and I would buy into. Uh, for what it is worth, uh, the Houston Texans... Do have the 12th most cap space in the league. They have $60 million available that they can go ahead and spend. Uh the top five for those who are I'll even include top six because there's someone in here that uh, would be interested in this. Two people actually would be interested. The New York Giants are sixth with 69 million to spend. Nice. Let's go shopping. The Cowboys have 81. The Bills have 89. The Bucks have 91. The Dolphins have 94. And the Colts have $96 million to spend. The Colts better be
3: a top four team in football by the end of next season. The Colts will not
1: spend a lick of their money. They'll spend the minimum. They need to. Like, that team is so poised. I trust Chris Ballard, the GM, where he can do whatever he wants as far as drafting, and he can save up all the money he wants for whatever he wants to do.
3: Spend all the money. Fine, don't do that. But. What they're poised to be able to do right now with their young talent, you gotta make a push. You gotta sign some
0: guys. Like um, going back to an earlier conversation that we had about uh, the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook. Yes. Currently, the Minnesota Vikings are over the cap ceiling. I'm not even surprised. They I'm are surprised four million dollars over the cap. So he's not. He's not. They will need to subtract be the before I they know. sign Dalvin Cook.
1: I, they'll make their way because without, without Dalvin Cook, where, what's gonna
3: happen? Perfect solution. Tell Kirk to kick rocks and move on. And their quarterback would be who? Literally anyone in the fucking draft. Sign Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh. Oh, yes. Hell yeah. Bring him back. Bring Teddy back on
2: a... Thank you for coming to my TED Teddy Talks. Teddy deserves to
3: be on a good Vikings team, all right? That man was solid. Give my
2: son round two. Let's do it.
3: No, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh, come on, Ed. He'd be perfect. No. Because you're going to have to
2: pay
1: Teddy.
0: Not, 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 as, Vikings, hell, Kirk, not no. as much as the Kirk deal. And the Vikings are going to... Well, they're going to have... Well, let's just take a look here. Let's just. This is terrible radio. I, I do sincerely apologize. But I'm, I'm just curious. Okay. So... If the Minnesota Vikings want to cut Kirk Cousins after this upcoming season for 2020, mm-hmm. it is if they want to cut him after this season, it's $31 million, uh, in dead cap space. What's the rest of his contract? It's that's one it. more year, that's it. That's it, yeah. One more year, that's it. So it would be if they want to cut him right now, it would be $31 million in dead cap. No, but where, that's where, not going to happen. What do they pay him this season? Uh, this year, they're paying him $29.5 million. So
3: he has one more year. Oh, to get to give him the rest of his money basically?
0: Yes. Fully, Garrett, yeah, fully guaranteed fully guaranteed contract. Does
3: that count towards your cap space mm-hmm. if you yeah if you buy someone out? Oh, it's yeah. fucked up.
0: Yeah. So shred some stupid team. Nobody's gonna take that contract. A sign and dump? Absolutely team. Nobody would do that. For thir- thirty one million against their cap? Kirk Cousins in a draft pick.
3: Kirk Cousins in a draft pick for like some bullshit player who's gonna retire, a.k.a. what the the Dolphins did this year with um Sorry, who was that? No team. Uh, I
0: keep to leave. Yeah. Unless unless they're attaching a first-round pick to Kirk Cousins, no team is going to fully assume a $31 million cap hit that needs a quarterback. There, there's no chance. For the, one year? For one year, probably not. Because look at the teams that are probably drafting a quarterback. The Bengals? Mm. We mean, Would the Raiders do it? Probably not.
3: The Raiders have made some interesting moves recently, though. Probably not. I mean, uh, I'm not saying this is highly likely. That's just my proposal for how we're going to get on from Dalvin Cook. I want to go back to the root of this conversation. I'm sorry, Tim.
1: Why do you dislike Bill Will Disley?
0: Uh, because he's uh, he, he he. I had him in too many leagues, uh, and maybe. he boned you when he tore his Achilles. Yeah, I had him too. I always pay my respects. No, sorry. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking at uh, some projected salaries for uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, one site, no free advertising. Has him at twenty one million a season at a three year sixty two million dollar contract that Teddy Bridgewater could be looking at. Get paid, son. Let's go. I mean,
2: I'm all for the Teddy Bridgewater comeback.
3: Teddy. I'm definitely down with. I'm that. on it. it. Teddy to the Colts. Huh? Mm-hmm. See? No. I feel that Colt's QB position they is just, a hot spot. Frank
0: Reich is going to die on the Jacoby Brissett Hill. Yeah, you is said he that,
3: really?
0: yeah. He's going to die on that hill. Why,
3: mm-hmm.
0: though? I mean, what is He that? loves him. He loves him for some reason. I, I, don't, I don't know why. King backup right there until he had to become the starter because of unfortunate uh, circumstances. It's because he has the
1: Bill Parcells bump.
0: Here's a spot for Teddy Bridgewater if we're all uh, interested on the uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, bandwagon here. Uh, how about the Bucks? I was thinking to the bucks. But I, oh, was thinking, but I want to
3: see James Winston play QB. Well, James Winston will get a contract else. Well, James
0: else. Winston can go to Carolina.
3: <laughs> um if no. they bring in Teddy, they got to bring in a solid running back too. David I'm still, Johnson. Perfect.
2: I'm still not buying that the Panthers we, are going to part
0: ways with Cam Newton.
3: No, that's actually looking less and less likely as you I don't
0: run. think they're I don't think they're going to either.
3: I thought I think they should. But I mean, what does that mean? I mean, they're they're not going to
0: yeah, here's, here's a spot for if, if the uh, – we we're going to do a whole free agent preview. I don't know why we're doing this now, but we'll just <laughs> yeah. give you a breakdown of it uh, later. Uh, how about Jameis Winston to the Patriots? That crossed my mind before as a joke. That is something that would be – That would be the most Bill Belichick thing ever.
1: There are rumors of Andy Dalton to the Patriots. Stop it. Oh, so <laughs> help Good me. God,
2: no. <laughs> Good
0: God, no. Good God,
3: no. Not <laughs> lying.
0: That's terrible. I
3: mean, no, no I, I will say Andy Dalton was a solid quarterback. Terrible. He's a solid quarterback. That team around absolutely him horrible. was disgraceful. Terrible quarterback. That team around him was absolutely disgraceful sometimes. He brought
1: them to the playoffs multiple times when he had, when he had a talented roster around him. Terrible quarterback. Uh, the Red Rifle. Terrible. The red Rifle. I mean, right, sh- can we go back to he, the Seahawks and Packers game? You can finish whatever you're going to say. But.
0: He is he is better than Marcus Mariota. I'll give him that. Huh. Uh, Is there anything that we we want to add on uh, any of these games before we move on to uh, college football? I just had a
3: question for you guys about the Seahawks-Packers game. Well, most about the Seahawks. I mean, last week they had a solid performance against the Eagles, which was a tough game. They only lost this game by five, and it really came down to the wire. Uh, What would this team have done if they had Chris Carson and uh, Penny still? Would they have gone to the championship? I believe they still would have lost tonight. I think that still would have lost Still well. would have lost tonight? Yeah. yeah. I think that that would have given the push to get into the next round. I still I don't know if they would have beaten the, the 49ers out.
1: It's certainly possible that they, they... I mean, they only lost by five tonight. That's how I look at
0: it. I mean, I mean, I, I just... I look at it as I just... I, when it, Compared to everybody else, it seems like I am undervaluing the Seahawks because I, I just don't think that this team was great. They were good. But I don't think they were very good. I don't think they, they were great. I don't think they were average, I don't think that they were mediocre. I just think that they were they were a good team that ran up against a very good team.
3: One thing we did miss for this game, the Griffin Brothers sack.
0: Yes. Oh great moment. Electric. Great. If two of moment. them
3: came out and sacked him at the same time, that was that was awesome. That was awesome. Um
1: I feel like we didn't talk about the Packers as much. I feel like we talked about the Seahawks a lot. I just want to mention that Zedarius Smith is an absolute baller. Yep. He was chasing down Russell Wilson all night, and I liked his snubbed shirt that he was wearing I after he got his first sack. And then Rodgers to Adams was automatic tonight. They did Whenever they needed it, they went to Adams, they went back to the well. Yes, Ed. <laughs> that's a vintage connection right there. Yeah. That, that's never going to go away. And then Aaron
0: Jones. Me and Devontae Adams? Yes, oh, I know.
1: actually, Aaron Jones, I want to mention something. Is the Lambeau Leap dead? I
3: don't know. I haven't seen a Lambeau Leap in weeks. I think it's more of a game winner type thing.
4: No, no not at all. Not at all.
0: leaves a, not a, all. a, a iconic score. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most iconic celebration in the uh, game. I haven't seen it since Schefter probably killed See, it.
1: My my theory. Oh, so. is, <laughs> my theory is uh, Aaron Jones has scored way too many times this season. He had twenty. now has twenty-one touchdowns of the season that he got old. Of maybe he got sick of doing it. Oh, maybe he got, got hurt doing so. it once. Oh, he does get hurt a lot.
2: Pull the hammy trying to get yeah, up that wall.
3: Yeah, he does have uh, bad legs. The rubber That's bands, true. baby. I wonder how Packers fans, Packers fans are a gritty fan base. It's, it's the north, it's cold. They give a lot of fucks about football up there. This is true. I wonder how they would feel hearing that their star running back doesn't Lambeau leap anymore because it like hurt his ankle.
0: I would like that. think that they would say some very inappropriate words that we are not going to say in this podcast.
2: I think they'd be okay with it.
0: I don't think so. Uh, hell's, over, just, hell's
2: over a celebration. Are you fucking me? That's you?
3: been
0: going on since the merger. That's if tradition. That's, if that's the
3: that's reason tradition. why, because you got hurt, let someone else do it. Oh, the Chiefs broke it since the merger stat today. What, what was, it? was it? No. Um, I think it was most uh most consecutive touchdowns in a playoff game since the merger. Since that's since the, the, merger. the crazy
0: stat that no kicker has ever made a fifty-plus yard field goal or oh, yeah. arrowhead that in the playoffs. Crazy. What?
1: You gotta think. Before this Andy rerun, how many playoff games have the Chiefs
0: had? Seven? Yeah. That's they haven't, they haven't <laughs> had too many. How long have they been in Arrowhead?
2: 50 No, years? but still, I think the, I I think
0: them, the stat was like 0 for Ever. 16, no, 0 for 17. Was like
3: forever in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. That's what I'm which saying. Which is ridiculous.
0: Had, out of 17 50-plus-yard field goal attempts, none of them have gone in at Arrowhead in the playoffs, which is ridiculous. That was the fun stat of the day that I saw. Uh, okay. So let's talk about... College football, by the way. Um, What are we going to watch tomorrow? We're going to watch the championship, or we're going to watch The Bachelor.
2: Um, I got to watch Joe Burrow call his shot. No
1: offense to The Bachelor, I want to watch Joe Burrow tomorrow Mm. night. Did you see the
2: interview he did today?
1: Oh my God! Yeah, what a
2: cocky. What a cocky cocky prick. prick. So, for everyone who does not know what we're talking about, um, Joe Burrow was doing an interview today with uh, a reporter, I guess, and she showed him a baby picture and asked. Uh, who is this? And he goes, looks like a national champion.
3: Yeah, and it was a picture of him. Oh, that's- he's calling a shot. He's, yes. calling, his he's shot. calling his shot. That's one of those things where if he wins, he looks like a G, but if he loses, he looks like an ass. I mean, yeah, that's a big balls move on his part. I don't know how I feel
0: about that. The man's pulling a Joe Namath. I-, I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, man, it's gonna be really tough. I'm just hoping that this game is over with by halftime, so that way the Bachelor can be put on un- uninterrupted. But it probably won't be because this is. I mean, these are two of, two of the best quarterbacks in, in the country. Burrow, Lawrence. And it's probably going to come down to which quarterback can make the most plays. And right now, Trevor, look, Trevor Lawrence put in a hell of an effort against Ohio State despite all the controversy with that game. Uh, he still played outstanding. But Joe Burrow.
2: I think he's the best college quarterback
0: of all time. He's, make, wow. he's making a good wow. case. What's that with Joe Burrow, you said? You said? He's making a good case. I, I would I would be the first one to say you're out of your mind, but he's making a very very good case. Like I've rode the Clemson train since Trevor Lawrence
2: stepped Fuck on Clemson. the field. Fuck. And at the beginning of the year I said Clemson was going to win the national championship. I I want them to win, but I think LSU steamrolls through them.
0: Oh, I don't think it's I don't think this is a steamroll. I've, I I don't. I really because the Oklahoma defense is absolute garbage compared to Clemson. Clemson's yeah. the number two defense in the country.
3: Nah, I really think that this game, it should be proof that the defending national champion should be ranked number one the next season, going into this season. I'm just, I, I I'm all for that. The way that Clemson's played this year, I get that the division was weak. Is Clemson in charge of recruiting for every single team in this division? No. Clemson can only put out the best team possible. And from that point forward, a lot of their games are already decided. I mean, it's not really fair to say that Clemson's only the third best team in the country because they played a shit conference when they're they're defending national champions and they've only replaced the people they've lost with five-star recruits. But you
0: also need to look at strength of schedule. Look at who Clemson's playing versus look at who LSU and Ohio State are playing. But what's the point of the
3: college football playoff? Isn't it to find the best team in college football? And I'm just going to make the argument that the team with the best strength of schedule wins isn't necessarily the best team in college football. So
0: you would you would say, just based on what you said, that Clemson is a better team than LSU? Yes. Because
3: you haven't seen them play each other yet. Wow.
0: I'm fully committed. The team to- that only beat UNC by one?
3: I mean, yeah, U.S. slip-ups fine, but they still won the game, did they not? By one, 20 points by one. Fine that Clemson might not be a better team, right? Talent wise, but when you add in the coaching, experience and all of that and factors that definitely affect you winning a national championship, Clemson definitely has a has a bit of an edge. They
0: they, they have the experience, yes. That, that, that's the, a very fair point.
3: The gap between them isn't that far. I just think the fact that if you're defending national because it affects it affects the seating. Like the way that Clemson had to play Ohio State to get into this game, LSU had to play fucking Oklahoma. If Clemson played Oklahoma coming into this week, you'd hear a lot of praise about Clemson. I guarantee it, the way they would have torched Oklahoma.
0: Well, that would have been the same. With that argument, it would have been the same thing if it were Ohio State at number one or even Clemson at number one. That we would be talking about, oh, Clemson only had to play Oklahoma. Or, oh, Ohio State only had to play Oklahoma. There were three top dogs coming coming into this. Clemson, Ohio State, LSU. Everybody else was a class below. Clemson deserved to play
3: Oklahoma from the beginning, though. Being a defending mm-hmm. national champion, it only has I mean, so many opportunities to. Not me because to there's this. too much yeah, turnover from yeah, year to year. I can't. You just can't just take something from the season before and bring it over the
1: next. season. Yeah, it's a completely. It's a, a, complete, it's a completely different maybe, team. Maybe has so, a
3: standard, but the way Clemson has transitioned from last year to this year, uh, they only lost like four or five players. Like they really didn't lose that much, and when you consider who they're replacing them with, Clemson had like the best recruiting class in the country last year. Uh, what's the difference between a five-star recruit in his second year? Who's just being brought up, and the guy who's in the third year—that's finally NFL ready. They're the same kind of players. If we're being real here, and a lot of these guys who replace people are also going to be top round NFL picks. I
2: kind of, I kind of have questions on that because some five star recruit who you're just throwing out on a football field for his first game—that's different animal than playing high school ball because chances are these kids are going up against fucking scrubs compared to them. Yeah, you can't no. just
1: compare high school recruiting right into. You can't just say, oh, he's a five star recruit. He's going to be just as good as his. Star ratings says he is. Like, if no, you look at high no. school recruits, a lot of them, like in the top 10, like they don't even pan out.
3: I mean, no, it is true. A lot of them don't pan out, fine, but they're still getting the best talent possible to fill these slots.
1: Yeah, but do you really think they're actually, like, I guess you said it alright, You really think they're more talented than LSU?
3: No, I, I didn't say they're more talented. I think they're. Well, a, no, do you think they're the better team than LSU this year? Combining all the factors of coaching, experience, and talent, yes.
0: So, for the sake of uh, just uh, speaking the facts about Clemson. Uh, they had the number nine recruiting recruiting class last year. The top three were Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Oklahoma were number five. For what number were they? Number nine. Were they really? Yes, okay. and Ohio State was 21. They do currently have the number one recruiting class for 2020, though. So Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia rounding out the top five.
3: I mean, look at the way Clemson embarrassed Alabama in the national championship last year. Can you see LSU embarrassing Clemson like that this year? Yes, I can.
2: I can, too. You can
3: fully imagine... L- I yes, I can. Could I said
2: I-, I said we were watching the game that this team is going to steamroll Clemson. You did I did say that. You did say
0: that. I don't think it's going to happen, but do I see it happening? Yes. Personally, I'll, my point was going to be that I can see this Clemson team taking
3: hold of this game. I can't really see the LSU team... Look at this Clemson. but Look at what they've, the games they put I mean, yeah, it's hard to tell because last year, at least me personally, going
1: to that Alabama-Clemson game, I didn't think Clemson was going to steamroll Alabama. Like, anything's possible.
3: Like, like you're that's saying, true. Clemson can no, come true. out that's here true, yeah.
1: and do the same thing again.
3: I just I, I need to get out of my soapbox every opportunity I get. I Maybe not every year, fine, but in a team that has little change, that won the national championship in the manner that they wanted to, in a complete blowout like that, at least get an opportunity to be the number one team in the country.
0: Yeah, I don't think this game is going to be a blowout in either direction. I think this game is going to be I think it's going to be phenomenal. very, very, very close. Um, but you look at offensive efficiency numbers for both teams in terms of total QBR. LSU is number one for total efficiency, though they are number two in the country. For Clemson, they are the complete opposite. The number one, number two QBR and the number one efficiency. So.
2: So back to Tim's point before when he was talking about Clemson losing very little uh, players from last year due to the draft. He's very correct. They only lost five people. But this is my only thing. These two right here. Cleveland Farrell and Dexter Lawrence.
1: And you even mentioned Christian Wilkins. They were all first-round. And
2: Christian
0: there. Wilkins, too. Yes.
3: They were the leaders of that team. That's, that's the one thing. No, I get that. That's the one problem I have. I just think that the difference between a top NFL pick leaving a team, right, A really good college player is still going to play very well in college. Like, the best guys, like, you can only play so well, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, these NFL talent guys, like, how much difference is there? If the guy who's replacing him is still going to be better than the guys he's going up against. Like, you know, like, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, but, like,
1: I think what you're trying to say is, like, you bring in another five star recruit. That's like, it's like, that's like Christian Wilkins and Dexter. All the defense line they have. Like, yeah. they'll probably be just as good as they are because I mean it's college. Like, they'll still yeah. develop well. But my point is like, yeah, you could say that for when they're playing against like UNC and other ACC teams. But like, you can't say the same thing when they go up against Ohio State or LSU. All right, yeah, that's true. Because they're also at such an elite level where you can't really compare
3: it. You can't compare that. You can't just like assume. I just think the fact that they they got off. This whole season, the way they've carried out the end of the season, the beating of Ohio State, I think Clemson has an opportunity to prove that they are the next dynasty. No, yeah, they certainly will, especially if they win this. That's going to be how many? F- but if
1: f-
0: they win this one, they win their three, third yeah. f- in the last four. four? Three yeah. in the last four. But they're it's also biggest. go. They're- this is the biggest test, though, for Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, T. Higgins, as well their star receiver. This is LSU. Have statistically the best pass defense in the country, hands down. It's not close. Yeah. Jim Thorpe Award winner Grant Delpit spearheading the whole thing as who's, the best defensive their, back in the country. Their true
1: freshman, what's his name? The corner that they have. Oh. Um, he's number twenty-four. I forget his name.
0: Yes, the one who's been compared to yes. uh, to Jalen Ramsey. He, yes, he's a beast. He is a beast. Um, he's a true freshman. Derek Stingley. Derek, Derek Stingley. Stingley. How old is he then? 18, 19? Probably. I don't yeah, know, probably Jesus. sixteen. Yeah, he's he's very, very good. And there are people saying that the background that he comes from and the way yeah, he they're plays. Comparing him to be the next Jalen Ramsey two um, Okay, so I want to get picks for uh, for the game. Uh, Jared, would you like to uh, to start us out? Who do you think wins the national championship, Clemson? Or
4: LSU? I'm going LSU in a close one. I think that O-line is too good. The receivers get open too well.
1: and I think Burrow's going to provide the victory for them in the end. Brett? Um, I think the key to this game is can Clemson get to Joe Burrow? Because the past couple games that I've watched, Joe Burrow is untouched. He gets like 8 to 10 seconds back in the pocket. So I think that's the key to the game. And I'm going to take LSU because they do have the best offensive line in the country, and I think, like I've said before, I think they potentially have a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback on their hands in Joe Burrow, so i got to die on that hill. So I'm taking LSU.
0: I'm taking LSU as well, and for me, the key to the game is going to be Clyde edwards helaire Their star running back was not a huge factor against Oklahoma dealing with an injury, but he's had two weeks to rest up, and they rely a whole hell of a lot on that running game to set up the play action down the field. Joe Burrow on first down, which is very interesting, he throws 64% of the time on first down. So that's going to be key. LSU likes to control the clock in this game. I think possibly the best form of defense might be just offense in general for LSU, keeping Trevor Lawrence off the field, controlling the clock. I think this is a close one, too. I'm going 35-30 to 30 LSU over Clemson. But I can tell you a Tiger is going to win this game. Oh That's poet. A take. poet over here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh producer, who do you got?
2: Um I well said before I think LSU steamrolls them, so. Tim? Do you have a score? Um we we'll go fifty-five wow. to thirty-two. Oh, we calling that a steamroll? 55 to
1: 34? Yeah, 21 points. I want something hotter. I need something like 55
2: 55 to fourteen or
3: something. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, 55-14.
2: Thank Um, you, Brett, for influencing me. (laughs) (laughs) 55-14, heard it here first.
3: I'm taking it in the opposite direction. I don't think it'll blow out, but I think Clemson wins this game, and I think it's by more than you'd expect. I think they win by more than a touchdown. Wow. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Wow. Next uh, give me
2: episode, tomorrow night next already. Next episode,
0: Tim might come in with the biggest sack in the country. He just might. He just might because he would have everyone on this podcast. Kissing his ring. Or or kissing his ring, yeah. I was think, I was thinking more along the lines of uh, him having to apologize to uh, Joe Burrow. That's true. I mean, I love Joe Burrow. Don't get me wrong.
2: Hey, if Clemson wins, you can wear my Hunter Renfro jersey for an episode.
3: Gladly. Hunter Let me Renfro. get that for the game. Correct. <laughs>
0: Okay, so that is going to be it for this episode of the Basement Talk podcast. Thank you to Jared Faggione for for inputting his takes to this episode. This was not a planned guest, but he decided to sit in because he is a very loyal fan of the podcast. Uh, Thank you to our uh, producer, uh, Matt Birdsall. Thank you very much. Always, always
2: happy to still have a job.
0: You've made it this far. What are we, seven episodes in? Yeah, this is going to be episode seven. Wow. Wow, this is uh, this is something. And thank you to my co-hosts, Tim Brady, Brett Mayer. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. From the basement, saying goodnight. I am your host, Ed Birdsall. We will see you next time. Take, see you later. Take care of y'all chickens, everybody. Go Tigers! See you later.